What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Live Free Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Maxwell. Today is another installment of the Live Free Wisest Wizards podcast duo uh, Voltron formation. Uh, Lex and Carl, the Wisest Wizards, came by the studio. Uh, we sat down and had a talk. We talked um, song credits, Tupac and Biggie, Wu-Tang, Anderson Silva, Money and Sports, Facebook Anomalies, Race Relations, which we really, I think we, we try to keep it sort of um, comical a little bit, but uh, we, we do have a, a serious discussion about race, race relations in the United States and I guess in the world in general. Revolving, uh, of course, around the the hot button issue last week uh, with the Trayvon Martin and uh, Zimmerman case coming to an end, and um, I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to even talk about really, and like be like you talk about. It, it, I really tried to keep an open mind and try to talk about all sides of an issue, um, particularly from my own experiences as a straight white male. So, I don't know. Hopefully, I don't sound just like a douchebag white guy who's like, like, oh, everybody hates me, too. I'm I'm a victim. Um, I hope it, it's not meant to be that. I, I just want to talk about the truth. I think if we just talk about the truth of what's going on in society, uh, we have a better opportunity to better understand one another and um, get past some of our old nonsense as we evolve as humans. So hopefully it comes off okay. It probably, you know, who knows. Uh, we did our best. Uh, in case you don't hear it in the show, we tried. We, we said uh, we should make a note that we're a multicultural group uh, here at the podcast. There's three of us, and we all have different nationalities and backgrounds. So <clears throat> we're not just a bunch of white guys sitting in a room complaining about white people shit. Um. But we also talk about white fear, hoodies, power of words, battle of the bands, the G chord, and Bradley Manning. So as always, make sure you go check out MikeMaxwellArt.com. Click on the podcast, you'll get all the information about each artist. You can go to the blog, find a bunch of information there. You could follow the podcast at Live Free Podcast on Twitter. Um, there's a like page. Go and click like on the like page. Uh, it, it's helpful. I, I post some stuff up over there. There's always images and things from the artists that are on the show. Um, you can follow me at Mike Maxwell Art on Twitter. I'm also on the Facebooks under the same the same names. If you want to donate to the show, try to put some income into the podcasting world, you can donate via PayPal. Uh, thank you to everybody who has done so already. It's greatly appreciated. And... Um, I'll keep doing these things as long as I can. Somebody just somebody just told, was asking me about longevity of these things, and it's so hard to tell. Like, I could see just not doing it anymore, to a certain extent, but then a part of me feels like I need to. Um, but I'm, I'm just gonna keep doing them. If you got, I, I'm I feel like more and more people are starting to listen and are are enjoying them. I also have a, a recording with Mike Egan. I was just at Comic Con this weekend. This is a I'm recording this on Sunday, and that whole fucking shenanigans is crazy. Um, so I was able to record a podcast with Mike Egan also, so that will be coming up soon after uh, this is released, probably tomorrow. Uh, so with all that said, Wisest Wizards, the free podcast, 
Ultron duo extravaganza. Enjoy it. What up? You go for it. Yeah. What's going on, Mike? Nothing. What's, what's is, this, is this our is this our number five joint podcast? Yeah, you know, every time that I like do my intros for these, I never say the actual right number. You know, <laughs> like I, I feel I don't know. I, when I went back, sometimes I'll go and look at the list of all the shows that I've done mm-hmm. uh, through the website, and I'm surprised to see it so far down the list. To be honest with you, it's kind of weird, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's crazy. These are always the podcasts that I'm really excited to be a part of because it's like we don't really have to plan or it's like basically we just meet up and talk about some things while yeah. setting up and yeah, then it just yeah. flourishes. Yeah. It's always gold, less work. <laughs> Did nice. you say that you you made that song? No, not not this one. I'm I'm writing a different one. Um remember the dude that we had in the or that other intro is like this ain't no wizard of Oz ass shit. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I decided to axe that and I got a I swore that guy was from American Pimp. <laughs> <laughs> but uh I wanted to ch- Change the intro, and I think I'm gonna have. We got a clip of uh, Aaron Beach saying "bitches and hoes," <laughs> so we're gonna put that in there. <laughs> so it's a good one. I've been. Um, we should we I should mean, add in his his comment too. Like, uh, what is it? Oh God, whatever. Queering uh, up. Well, not too, but no, no. We were like, uh, what's his face? Is oh, Frank Sinatra's gangster as fuck. Oh yeah, I feel like that was a good clip too. We yeah, should definitely. For sure. We could rotate that one in there. I um, I've been using this same blockhead song. Like a couple times in my intros, like I really like the intro to the song. I used it on the last podcast and a couple uh-huh. that I've u- done recently. Mm-hmm. But I'm really nervous to keep using it and like not at least like send dudes some money. Yeah, yeah, it feels <laughs> or, bad. Or like, like, a, a, like a birthday card or like I'm sorry. Yeah, totally. That's <laughs> just like a thank you. Yeah. You, you just gotta do some changes or something like that. Do some drops or put something over it. It's, literally, okay. it's like 10 seconds, so I think oh. it's like within that range of yeah. being okay. But just just the nature of wanting to be respectful or whatever. Yeah. But it's such a, it like sounds like the intro for a podcast. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, this band right here, their stuff was given out for free, so I mean. That definitely helps. They weren't, <laughs> this was self-released and yeah. I don't think they're a band no more. And you know, it. I'm I lay them out. <laughs> that sucks. I lay them out because... Of all the amount of work that goes into making these fucking dumbass things, like I don't, I'm just like I used to list all mm-hmm. the songs that I would put in the in the in the podcast. Yeah, mm-hmm. and now like the YouTube videos clog up the blog, like loading time, and I have to take all this extra copy and paste time to list all that stuff. So I just kind of just let it go. But yeah. what I figure. People have Shazam or whatever those fucking apps are on their phone. Like it's uh-huh. not that hard. You can figure out three of the words in the song and find the lyrics and figure out the song. Yeah. yeah. Well, basically, I think what is it the the audience you tend to like pretty much kind of has a similar music taste mm-hmm. to you, so they probably get it or know where it's from. Yeah. I you know I had somebody ask me what a Pink Floyd song was. Oh, jeez. I was like, I am gonna grab oh. you by the face. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I just can't kidding. smoke weed anymore. <laughs> Like if you don't know who Pink Floyd is, you should not be listening to this show. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> oh man. No, there's there's probably Pink Floyd songs out there that like I don't even know. I'm sure. No, that's the same way I feel about Tupac. Like I was playing uh, Tupac, I think at the the gym. I don't remember when this was, and like one of the not even a kid. I think he was like maybe like 17, 18 or something like that. And he's like, oh man, this guy's pretty good. Who is this? And I was like, I will slap you. <laughs> How dare like, you do you, know, just, you just want to sit him down and like educate him on like the life of Tupac and his well, music. It shows generational gaps. It shows 10 yeah. year gaps. So like those do like Tupac's been dead for like 10, 15 years. I think it's 15. Could be. Yeah, yeah it's gotta yeah. be like 15 years. So 
you know, kids who grew up like I was, I guess I was a senior in high school. So like that was, you know, he was in popular culture at the yeah. time. Mm-hmm. So it became like a even big, more so when big, he died. Yeah. Yeah. It became a big deal. Yeah. And same with Biggie, like all around at the same time. Yeah. yeah. I got into listening to Biggie late though, which was I, I think was kind of a benefit. Like I I liked his like popular like singles or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I never got into listening to all the tracks until yeah. later in life. He had some good stuff. I think mine was like eighth grade. He had it's like so his timeless. double, yeah. double C album, which is very hard to do. Yeah. Like have certain things be timeless. There's I have that same thing with the Wu Tang Clan. Yeah, yeah. Like I didn't really like them when they were first big, and then Dude. like I came back. What is it? I think last two years ago, and I was like, these guys are fucking great. Yeah, like, I don't know why I didn't like them. Well, it was like it was a. Sh- they had a shock value when they came out. Like, holy fuck! Like, yeah. it was some hood shit. Like compared to all the other like grungy like '90s rock shit. Yeah, I mean, in terms of MTV play, so like at the time, the mass, the mass media of the time to be able to reach a broad audience. Mm-hmm. Besides, you know, like New York radio or something. Mm-hmm. You know, that was, I think that was a big shock. I, I remember like. Uh, it was the M-E-T-H-O-D, man. Yeah, I was just thinking <laughs> about that song. Bus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's got like the, the fucking uh, the eye thing in, so his eyes all paled out. And they used to wear those gold fronts that had like the fucking, they had like the sharp teeth, like yeah. vampire teeth. That dude was on the next level shit. <laughs> <laughs> Pushing There's another envelopes. drop right there. And still, you know, Method Man is the shit. I think out of all those guys, he was really, there was a few of from Wu-Tang that were really stand out. But yeah, I just watched I fucking... Method Man was just like dude, so talented, man. I picked up this Wu-Tang DVD from the library mm-hmm. and thinking I was going to bring it home and it was going to be like maybe some live shit, like some like backstage antics or like like in the studio shit. It was basically Capadonna just like talking about how he used to be in Wu-Tang. <laughs> and... <laughs> And like it was almost kind of like I watched like the first forty minutes and I was like, "Where's the rest of Wu Tang at?" Like it was all just Cabadonna. <laughs> and then they there was like a tour that they did that they videotaped, mm-hmm. and so like they had live footage. But the reality is like live hip hop shows are not very good, at least in terms of sound quality. No, they're not. Live shows are are, are entertaining for people. I think there's a different entertainment level, but in t- if like for me, like I, if I go to a concert, I'm sitting there to listen to the music. It's not really to, like, have a party. Yeah, necessarily. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like hip hop shows, like listening, and then so a recorded DVD in your house live hip hop show that doesn't sound very good. Yeah. <laughs> Harsh. Like multiple steps. So Wu Tang, Wu Tang is the shit. My yeah. bike is named Wu Tang Killer Bees. We on the storm. It's yellow and black, so it looks like a. Uh, I'm actually. I want to make. It's got four wheels. It's pretty cool. <laughs> I have the intention to put the Wu Tang W on the front of it. You should nice. do it, you man. Should, yeah. I might. I should just paint it on there, huh? I could yeah. probably just get some enamel paint and just paint it on there. You just uh, deck it out like you know how the whole like coach sees, but have the W woos on yeah. it yeah. all over. I'd like to do like the Killer Bees too. Like I'm sure that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the um, the Anderson Silva. Killer bees, the spider, yeah, the, his the, team, the bee. Yeah. Oh, it's sick. It's like the bee with the the Muay, the Muay Thai bee with the gloves. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I guess maybe yeah, that's his logo, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought that was a spider. Uh, no, spiders is like his technical name, but like supposedly his team, like Killer Bees, is like his like his team. Um, back in the day, and then his new one is uh, Anderson Silva's Muay Thai College. It's like his big thing in, in LA yeah. right now. So I guess he's back on the 
the up to get the belt back. Yeah, December. 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 It's going to be That's him, crazy, Wyman, man. and uh, what, Tate and Rousey mm-hmm. add him to the card. I, uh, what do you guys think about that? I don't I, know. I did a big rant on my show about the first fight. I have, I, we kind of did too. Yeah. We, yeah. We went through this in depth. Um, were you talking about the Misha Tate fight and Ronda well, Rousey? No, no, no. I talked about, uh, the Anderson Silva, oh, yeah, Chris well, Weidman fight. And, you know, I'm on that weird conspiratorial side. Like, it just didn't look right to me. Like, it just didn't. And I could totally be wrong. But the whole, the way it played out yeah. didn't look right to me. Did anybody notice that when, you know, everybody used the um, phraseology that he was bouncing his head off the mat at the, when they stopped the fight? I watched the clips in slow motion. Mm-hmm. And to me, at a certain point in that... It looked like Anderson was turning his head back and forth. Now you know if you take a left hook, uh, you're gonna your head's gonna turn. If if you if it comes on the right side, your head's gonna turn. Yeah, yeah. But it didn't. You know how sometimes when people get knocked out, like they're out. Yeah. They their chin goes to their like chest, and they just take straight like power punches. Like their head just bounce does actually bounce off the mat. Yeah. But when I looked at it, there seemed to be that Anderson get punched in the face and just turn with it that he does I, I, then I, I, second i, I wanted mean, to yeah. ask you as a, a as a muay thai practitioner yeah that the punch that dropped him have you looked at like the stance that weidman was in yeah. to create do you feel like that there was enough force in that or do you feel like because of the nature of the way anderson was sitting down and where his chin was to his shoulder that it could have created the knockout to me it seemed like a glancing like grazing shot that didn't have as much power as I've seen Anderson get hit with. And I know that there's all, all types of variables in that yeah. too. Yeah. No, there, there definitely are a lot of variables in the, it too. The punch and that came after the, the weird back to the weird backhand. Yeah. I mean that, that, that combo obviously was very practiced um, from Chris. Um, you know, that's kind of a way of dealing with like peekaboo fighters or your way of dealing with people who like a little bit more evasive, like to slip and counter. Uh-huh. Um, so I think the, the shot itself, I'm going to have to look at the video again. But it seemed like it was more of like a shuffle left hook, like he was kind of lunging into it a little bit, uh, which again usually means if you're not rooted, you don't have as much power on it. Which means if the back leg is implanted, right? If, the, if the, both legs, if you're not sitting down on your punches, typically it takes a lot of power away from it. Yeah. So but if there, you but have there, all your weight to the front foot, there's going to be less power than if you were centered. If so, if you're throwing a left hook, typically you want the body weight to transfer from your left foot to your right foot. Because that body weight needs to move from one foot to the other. Which he had his left foot out in the front. See, there's an exception to that. Because if he's shuffling forward, then his momentum is going to be the driver of the blow versus the transfer of your body weight. So if he's throwing that kind of weird right hand and then shuffling forward as his left foot moves forward and his left hand is clipping, then his body weight is going to be thrown into that hand. And then if he hits him right on the button, then you can technically you know, clip somebody from that, but yeah. it's just less frequent. And I, normally it's like you do that shuffle left hook and you finish with the right hand, and that's what your, your moneymaker. So you're going to kind of like stun him with the left, finish him with the right, yeah. and that can happen. But, I mean, it, it would have to be like on point right at the right time. And I will say that, you know, there, there's a way of taking shots, and that's basically just your, you move your head with the shot in order to kind of take some of the stink off of it. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, it definitely did kind of look like he was doing that. Not to say that he wasn't knocked out or – I don't know, man. It just yeah. – I, I know what you mean. Like, it looks fishy, and it's like Anderson Silva, so it's like – So here's here's my thinking. <clears throat> and I'm not saying that this is, this is totally conspiratorial. Yeah. No evidence. We're just having fun. <laughs> yeah, just, like, playing games with my brain. Yeah. 
as a business person or even it feels like we're getting to a part of this this sport where it's also becoming about entertainment. Yeah. And I've been thinking a lot about like privatized sport where it's for money. Mm-hmm. How much incentive is there to dictate an outcome? So like when you're a kid, you look at the WWF or like wrestling, like it's totally real, like that there's no way that they would dictate what the outcome would be. Yeah. Like you feel like that it's playing out the way it's supposed to, but then later you learn it's a certain other way. Mm-hmm. I, I know we got we see this a lot in boxing. We see this, we've seen it in baseball. We've seen it in football. Mm-hmm. You know, all major sports that are basically businesses for profit mm-hmm. have manipulated certain aspects of their game in a way to boost more profit. Mm-hmm. So if you have if you're getting to a point where here's your champion who's been beating everybody for a decade, nobody seems to really be able to beat him mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you get this kid who is good. But if you look at his fights and who he's fought, it's it's nowhere near the level that Anderson had as or, 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 or Vitor or, or you know right yeah yeah there's that's what Mark we were talking Hort. about is that his Anderson's 34 wins versus his 10 wins or his 11 his 11 now still don't match up to Anderson's experience yeah so but that's, if, that's, if that's, that's, the, that's the case miracle too I mean, sure, Anderson, sure, when, when totally. he took the fight from, anything from Rich, can happen I think Rich was on like an 11 fight win streak or something like that when when Anderson took that that belt from him so I mean numerically I mean I I, I understand that like there's a, a complete lack of experience there and yeah. that's just kind of like looking to the root problem which is like this guy was not on the same caliber as him yeah. but again lucky shots are lucky shots a fight's a fight and an MMA fight can be I mean not to quote obviously random fucking um, you know brand yeah. brand uh, yeah. punchlines but yeah I mean like you know anybody can can win a fight off of a random shot so my thinking is does it make sense to try to make more money with a rematch yeah absolutely like here's my here's my prediction if Anderson comes out and just whoops his fucking ass mm-hmm. like demolishes him I know they're going to do it in Vegas. I, if it would have been in Brazil, like the rematch in Brazil, I would have thought differently about, you know, how, like. Oh, like obviously they're trying to boost that market. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, my initial, I, my initial conspiratorial prediction was, of course, Anderson wins and they set up the Anderson Vitor rematch in a stadium in Brazil. Yeah. Which I think. America versus Brazil. If everything's on the up and up, I imagine that that's probably what the organization wanted to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, this even having Chris Weidman may not be even that beneficial to the organization until they see that next pay-per-view. If the next pay-per-view is something crazy because everyone heard, oh my God, this dude who's invincible got knocked out by this kid who's an up-and-comer from Jersey who built his own house and survived the hurricane and you know like the good old american boy story i mean that's a, that's oh. an that's an incredible like a uh, storyline to yeah, to draw yeah. to draw from fans i mean the greatest fighter in mixed martial arts history is currently walking with us today and he just got beaten and he wants his belt back and he's got eight fights left on his contract yeah you know it's weird i don't know it could be totally on the level. Everything is yeah. exactly what it is. Nope. That's totally an option too. We were talking about on the, on our last podcast. Uh, uh, there's there's two main things that we brought up. The first one was the day before they were doing an interview with Anderson Silva, and then uh, I don't know if you watched that video, but basically they were saying like, um, you know, like what what is the yes yes you, you saw that I did, one yes I and, ranted about that too yeah that was one and then the other one was like they were talking about the biggest bet that's ever been dropped on an MMA UFC fight or whatever. That's um, the other side of this story.
story, which I actually I didn't talk about either. Which yeah. when gambling becomes a part, yeah. a major part of the of the sport or the industry, it has a whole know other dynamic. Shenanigans you know? can happen at any time. Shenanigans can happen. Yeah. And then, oh. so I think they put like a million dollar bet, and then they ended up walking away with like two point two million from it. Uh, I, they, I don't. I think they they were looking into it, but I don't know if anything has come from it because um, it's so hard. Yeah, to what prove can you say? Exactly. Like, what can you say? Yeah. Unless we're. Did unless, you know anything about this fight? No. Unless the good old NSA oh. goes and looks up that stuff. Right I know. On that right. Big, right. On that yeah. Big, why don't they do that? Somebody sick the NSA. Make our fucking tax dollars useful. Because I imagine that there's probably some laws that are similar to like. Uh, uh, insider trading uh-huh. to a certain extent. I guess there's. Pro- I would imagine there's some laws on the books to pr- to protect some of those guys. Yeah, their investments. I would. Yeah. Assume. yeah. What if Anderson Silva nodded right before Chris Weidman punched him in the face and knocked him out? But do you think that would be weird? <sighs> yes. You know I'm getting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Whoa, no, yeah. Hold on, but, well, hold on. But after the first round, you see when Anderson went up and hugged him and they gave him a kiss on the cheek and he was talking to him. That was after the first round? That was after the first round. What did he say to... I, I wonder know. what he said to Chris Weidman. He said, it's time to get paid, son. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> or he said, you're going to be next champion. You know, he's in town doing that. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's at Atos. Atos. Yeah. Nobody ever fucking told me, dickheads. <laughs> well, I just agreed. I, I don't know. No, I didn't know either. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm not saying you. I'm not call, calling you call. guys dickheads. Yeah, yeah. Oh. No, yeah. He. I think he was, he was training over there. I think he took, like, Fred's class for, like... Well, Andre Galvo was at the uh, was in his corner too at the fight. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I imagine he maybe he was working some jujitsu for sure. Because uh, that was Weidman going right into that heel hook in the first round was yeah. pretty sweet. Yeah. yeah, it didn't it didn't look like it was close to doing anything, but yeah, he's definitely not abiding by the uh, no contact rule for man. For I've been uh, I've been going after feet and ankles so much. Yeah, I started doing a lot of toe holds. I'm concerned about going into competition and like not thinking and shooting for a toehold yeah i'm pretty mindful of what i'm doing yeah because that's is that browning up yeah okay yeah Yeah. it's so stupid we should just know it yeah Yeah. well i thought for certain rules or certain like tournaments it's it's legal for blues and up right uh no gi no gi no gi it's fine yeah yeah it's tough i mean you know you you want to protect people but at the same time like you know if people are jumping from they don't do this at all because their curriculum doesn't cover it because they don't do it in tournaments and then all of a sudden all the brown belts you're like oh by the way we're gonna start doing heel holds now and like the regular brown belts have been doing it since white belt and you're like fuck man we are behind yeah totally it's like same thing for muay thai like we don't do elbows you know, for for tournaments here. Mm-hmm. So you know, as soon as people turn pro and then we do full rules, then it's, it's like everyone's behind. In the face yeah, they're like, oh, what are these elbows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can we talk about Facebook for a minute? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The phenomenon of Facebook, absolutely, dude. So yesterday, I, I went to the taco shop after uh, training, uh-huh. and this old dude gets out of the car, and he's got like you know, like the guys on the golf course, like the like line judges on golf courses, like they catch where the ball goes like on the shots they wear those big round like uh, like knit hats or like they're like like wood material looking type hats yeah the dude gets out of the car with like one of those deals and he's got really short ass shorts on and he's an older <laughs> gentleman but i mean short like probably like a few inches below his nutsack nice. you know maybe it's fucking awesome. he's got some dukes on right? dude gets out of the car i see him get up so he's all legs at first right <laughs> And I'm like, check this dude out. (laughs) He gets up, his shirt goes longer than his shorts. Oh god! Like hangs below the shorts. So I was like, so I did a I did a tweet first that said, um, if if your shirt is longer than your shirt, you you my friend are wearing a dress, something like that. Yeah. And dude, I got 
57 fucking likes yeah. on a post like that, but like I'll post my the most interesting painting that I think I've ever made in my life, like the most beautiful thing. Yeah. And it'd be like three likes or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Like, wow. I have no idea how it is that something becomes viral. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously that's a minor level in terms of like yeah. what's certain, like when a video hits millions of hits, yeah. but what is it that like. Is it something that connects with people? Do, do people see people with shorts that are shorter than their long shirt all the time? I had no idea that was a thing. I just thought it sounded funny when yeah. I when I said it, and so I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna tweet that. That sounded funny." And it, apparently, it really struck a chord. Like on Twitter, it got a bunch of retweets and mm-hmm. favorites. But then some shit that I think is really meaningful, mm-hmm. like like I'll have like a really profound thought that I think is like yeah. societal changing, yeah. and it'll be like. Oh, that's stupid. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like no it's fucking. Like, hey, I'm just gonna not, Do you ever yeah. find that happen? No, no, absolutely. Okay, so there's two things. There's two parts of that for I guess for that that I want to contribute. So the first one is I think it's just like an exercise in marketing, right? Uh, like in Twitter, especially, but also in Facebook, we trade in memes, which is just like something that's very, very simple, simple to understand. People don't have to think about it very much, and they can immediately relate to it. Yeah. And then anything more complex than that is going to take work, and they're already doing work. So when they're on Facebook, it's like the opposite of work, and they want things to be just spoon fed to them, memes of cats uh you know sloths whatever yeah and so i think it's just like an exercise really in marketing more than anything else i I think you're you're pretty accurate and 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 i think the other one is uh me and my brother were talking about that about the zimmerman case and uh you know right afterwards people were like oh this is bullshit this was murder oh they need to file some like civil lawsuit on this blah blah blah, or like some civil rights act or blah blah blah, whatever and my brother he just finished law finished finished he just finished law school (laughs) and so obviously he's the good brother i know right obviously he's the smart (laughs) one <laughs> oh, Can you kick his ass? Though? Oh, disappointment, mom. He actually does. He does jujitsu. Oh um, shit! Man, I know. He probably couldn't then. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> um, can we talk about flip flops too? Flip flops. We can. We yeah. can talk about flip flops too. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so he posted like some like definition of what an actual civil rights abuse is or whatever, and like a definition of like what self defense needs to be in order to actually makes make it like a valid case. Yeah. And he got zero likes, zero comments. And then like he posted, <laughs> he's like, dude, what if I just write fuck Zimmerman, fuck Zimmerman, like oh, like fifty likes, like. For, <laughs> And yeah. he was like, what the fuck is this, man? Like, I, I mean, he had a good line. I forget what it was. But it's something to the effect of, like, you know, we don't live in a world, like, you know, with a few idiots. Like, we live in, like, an idiot's world and there's a few of us or something like that. You <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah. For sure. It's fucking scary sometimes. Yeah. But it's like if, if our social medium and our ability, this is like our, our social platform to talk to each other. And if we can't make meaningful discussions on these things, then, like, where can we do it, I guess? You know, yeah. podcasts, apparently. But Yeah. It's been a weird week, right? Yeah. It's been super weird. A lot of division. I, uh, I don't, I don't, so I don't do you want Do you want to hit up Flip Flops or Zimmerman? No, I'm just <laughs> kidding about the Flip Flops. No, I forgot I th- mine today. I think it's been a it's been a strange set of discussions that have gone on all week. Like uh, there was a, there's all kinds of stats, all kinds of percentages, all mm-hmm. types of like. There's ways of justifying certain things and ways to try. People are like are feeling better to like try to you know digest what has happened mm-hmm. it's so fucking weird man like a lot of people are phony as fuck you know like i i posted i i had a big facebook post about um him about the way the media has portrayed it as a black and white thing oh yeah and yeah, yeah. that he was hispanic and then it was very interesting how my uh my latino and hispanic and mexican friends 
all were like, fuck that. He ain't that guy. And, you know, his <sighs> grandfather was um, Peruvian, but it said Afro-Peruvian. Uh-huh. So, in you know, in, on some level, we're all fucking African in yeah, descent yeah, yeah. at some point. We yeah, all yeah. came from a fucking certain point. Mm-hmm. So, like, this idea that we turn it into something to be a marketable news story is really fucking disgusting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the fact that we even... I mean, obviously, the, it was the when this happened, when the, the killing happened... You know, it was a big news story right away. Anyway, so there was something, there was something sort of um, magnified about it right from the get go, right? Like, so does I'm, I'm not sure where I'm going, but like, no, it, I think it's like, turned like, into a, a black and white issue, sort of socially, mm-hmm. and it's interesting the amount of people that are starting to again talk about white privilege are talking about. Um, like social injustice, and there's a lot of debate going on. And I, I've been in this corner of like, okay, defend the straight white male who is getting thrown under the bus to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Because at, by now, because of the past history, we find easy scapegoats to blame things on. I mean, we see that with the way that we have attacked terrorism and and Middle Eastern Islamic uh, groups of people. Like we, yeah. we find, so we're, we're quick to find some blame and not really think about things in terms of context. We look at things in terms of like charts and graphs, like how do we, how do we decide what's racist and what's not racist? And, and I think we're also trained to look at these things with anger and we're also trained with like certain talking points and like certain situations where, you know, we're, we're, it's just like assumed that we want to be hating these things. Yeah. You know, like every other, every other year, there's some like movie that comes out that addresses racism at some point, typically yeah. during like the civil rights movement. And that we're, you know, we're supposed to just like constantly be hammered into these things. Like you need to be the one to stand up and say this and is wrong. It and, seems like nobody and, wants to tell the full truth. Like we're every all sides are admitting that there's some bullshit going on, but yeah. nobody wants to talk about the entire truth. So let's say, let's say, dude is predominantly white. Like maybe he grew up in an all white neighborhood. He maybe he sees himself as a white guy, and maybe he doesn't like black people. And maybe he saw that kid cruising through the neighborhood and was like, "Oh, this kid's up to no good," just because of past experience. So, and and then we have to ask ourselves, what is it about past experience? What what is it about white people that they're so quick to judge a young black male as being dangerous? What what is it that has led to that? Is there is there a reason for that? Is there legitimacy to the concern? I think a lot of times from a white fear perspective, a lot of white people perceive like the hood and the ghetto like as these groups of of non-white people who are willing to do things that other white people are not willing to do like like i think a lot of people don't understand um desperation you know if you can't feed your kids you're gonna go and steal something to feed your kids you're Mm -hmm. gonna you're gonna do what it takes and then we there's you get to the issues of um, sort of socially enacted racism over time, you know, like is a white grocery store owner more likely to hire a white person before they hire like a black kid? So like we we see minority groups get put into these socially impoverished uh, sort of areas where there's a lack of income, there's a lack of jobs, which in turn creates 
violence, crime, and all the things that we see that happen in low-income areas in all groups, not just black America. It happens in white America. It happens in Mexican America. It happens in foreign countries. Like, if there's a lack of resource, there's going to be violence. We see it. We, we even see it on a global scale in terms of our use of oil. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lack of resource. We need that resource, so we are violent towards getting it. There's no difference between a young black kid who maybe grew up without his father, uh, had no guidance from a mother, uh, you know, ran with a gang. And these are all stereotypes, right, that yeah. are just, uh, you know, a worst-case scenario. So you see this, and at some point... A person becomes fed up with having nothing, you know, like feeling worthless. If you feel worthless, then it doesn't matter. You can do some fucking ruthless shit if you feel worthless. So on some level, I think white fear comes out of that. Like, okay, we've witnessed over a period of time a willingness of a black community to engage in drug dealing, to kill each other. And that's not to say that that doesn't, you know, we could look at the meth epidemic in San Diego or in California, and it's predominantly white, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's not that that these things don't exist in other cultures. But, like, and then, and that's what it gets down to, too, which is interesting to me, like, as defending, like, the white guy who grew up poor, didn't grow up with what I see as the same privilege as, say, a wealthy person regardless of race like i see wealth as being a much more predominant role in all this besides um skin color or ethnicity or you know wherever the fuck you came from no yeah and i think uh you know there's always going to be some like socioeconomic uh you know indicator or you know problems with with uh you know race on race or like how people are perceived you know what i mean yeah but but at the same time it's like i mean i think everyone just interjects these racial um like storylines into this in, into this case but at the same time it's just one guy he was like on neighborhood watch or whatever um you know history of you know like i mean it seemed like from from the case that like he really wanted to be like this kind of like cop and kind of go around kind of telling people what to do or yeah. whatever um but again that was just like my from my, my perception of you know during the when, when the case is going on and then you have a guy who is or you have like a community who is like you know engaged in a lot of uh you know vandalism and theft and stuff like that and then you have a kid who's wearing a hooded sweatshirt on a dark night i hate the behaving di- suspiciously I hate that or however use. they want to call it can i talk about hoods real quick like yeah. the, that use of the the hood as like uh uh it's like it's, a it's, sign of something. It's the modern day cloak. It's so nonsense yeah. because I wear my hood as long as the weather is on the cooler side and I have a, a hoodie on. Yeah, I'm, I wear my hood inside, outside. Like I wear it all the time because headgear is really comforting. Like, but, but you have to admit, for the regular person, if you're wearing jeans and well, a hooded sweatshirt, when I went to London, I couldn't get a cab mm-hmm. because I was wearing my hood in London. It was cold as shit and yeah. fucking rainy and windy, mm-hmm. and I wore my hood and a beanie mm-hmm. because I love headgear. Like it feels comforting to have something covering like the backside of my head. Mm-hmm. I feel like a monk, yeah, you know, like when I do it. And so whenever I hear people use that as like, and it's funny that kind of goes into the way we sort of read a situation. And I think a lot of people are getting really bad at being able to read social situations. But the, the more we get further along, I notice it. Like I was just talking about how 
I've always had like a very observant point of view. Mm-hmm. Like I used when I would go to parties in high school, I would get drunk but kind of stand on the side and like observe all the social interactions mm-hmm. as like a so, like a social experiment. And I've been doing so, stuff like that for so long and observing. It's a, it's sort of an artist trait to begin with that I can walk into a room like whenever I walk into a Starbucks, like I kind of read the room. Mm-hmm. Like I can tell who's uncomfortable being there who is like fidgety and anxious, who's totally comfortable, who's who's relaxed, who's had a bad day, who's angry, who's sad. Like I can read all that by yeah. just reading body language. No, and for I, sure, yeah. I feel like we've got to a point where people don't realize how much body language they give off mm-hmm. and they don't even realize how much they're digesting. Mm-hmm. Like what not only what you're saying, but what you're hearing. Like mm-hmm. There's been a disconnect, but it's such a natural animal instinct for yeah. us to to like, read things you, on that you way. You see a guy, I mean, this is just like just regular, like be, stereotyping is just a part of life. And if you see a guy who's skipping, <clears throat> wearing khakis and a polo shirt, I'm going to read him differently than somebody who's going to be walking with his head down, a beanie and a hooded sweatshirt. And right. that's a natural human instinct. And yeah. you can say that that's not fair to be treating somebody based on the fact that he's wearing a hooded sweatshirt, but it's a reality that everyone yeah. faces every day. Yeah. You know? And... And we get to a point, so like the, the the theories in white privilege really make a focus on that, like what people of of different ethnicities and non-whites have to face this sort of struggle mm-hmm. with, which is just like judgment, being judged. And I was thinking about this idea today. So like with racism, when it comes to just using words and being maybe profiling and as long as there isn't a physical violence involved Mm -hmm. there's something and and not to say that the victim or the 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 person being uh somebody being racist against them is is required to be a certain way but if they if somebody chose to not react to something a certain way so i just what uh ray taylor he just posted a video of a guy in walmart uh big like six three black dude who was mad at his like five four white manager for disrespecting him maybe he said something racist to him or something yeah knocked him the fuck out Ooh. and so we have to ask ourselves like what is the appropriate response yeah so if let's say so a lot of times i i shave my head bald i have a lot of tattoos i wear a tank top that shows all the tank the tattoos and people will assume that i'm either like an essay gangster or like a white supremacist skinhead. I'm either one of those. That two was things. the first thing I thought of when I saw you. Yeah, usually. <laughs> so, <laughs> from that, is it up to me to decide? Okay, they think of me this way and are, I are judging me on this right yeah. now. But do I get yeah. angry? Yeah. Or can I like thank you for it? Can yeah. I give you a hug for it? Yeah. You know, my response to it lends credence or power to that thing yeah so if i respond in a violent way against somebody who i feel like has disrespected me which seems to be the natural man reaction to anything if i can decide okay that's not going to be the reaction that i have Mm -hmm. do i in some way take away the power of that thing so if somebody says somebody somebody says something racist to somebody if the person who's receiving that the viewer the observer decides that word has no power to me and it doesn't have any effect like if they choose like like that word makes me want to smile mm-hmm. like your action makes me want to smile that's the the routine do they in some way take away the power the intrinsic power of that initial racist comment like can they 
can they soften the blow? Like the mm. old adage, like sticks and stones may break my bones, yeah. but words will never hurt me. Like once it gets to a violent yeah. point, that's a whole nother story. Yeah. Like if somebody's accosting you or picking a fight, like if somebody's beating your ass, you shouldn't smile about it. You should defend yourself. Mm-hmm. So that's a whole nother story. But if we're talking about just people who are get offended about something, is there a way for us to like, we're, it feels like we're getting to a point where we all know when people say racist shit that it's stupid. Like, mm-hmm. okay, that was a dumb racist thing to say. Yeah. Do, do we allow it to just be stupid and not have the real effect that we place on it when it becomes an emotional response? You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. can we take that power away from it by having a different conversation with racism as opposed to like, if, if you use a certain word, you're going to be in a fist fight. Yeah. Yeah. No, and you know, I think that just goes back to like the age old adage. Like, I mean, do you fight violence with violence, or do you fight violence with nonviolence? You know, it's yeah. like, do you take the Gandhi approach? Do you take the Martin Luther King yeah. Jr. Well, approach? if you fight violence with violence, you're a hypocrite. So it's like on Twitter, there was a, a shit ton of people who were like, like preaching for Zimmerman's murder, right? So, at what point do we decide? Okay, you want to do the thing to the person who committed the first crime that you're saying was unadulterated you know how yeah and, and you know we talk about eye for an eye and all that shit but uh, what i was talking about before like the way that we the way that we decide to respond to certain things you know is like this sort of buddhist ideal mm-hmm. uh like you know you or even you know in a christian like the idea of turning the other cheek you know and then you could always counter that with the eye for an eye reference but you know, like, at what point do do we decide, okay, we don't keep perpetuating the same thing over and over again. We keep bouncing our head off the fucking wall like dummies. Like, what, how, yeah. like and, we really got to look at things like, <clears throat> like, you know, I feel like those two people meeting up at that particular mo- moment in time, it's just an accident, man. You I, know, I, I like, it was a bunch either- of compounded mistakes that all led to that one moment. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, when they talk about plane crashes, yeah. it's always a series of compounded mistakes. Yeah. So like there was one little faulty mistake which led to another mistake, which led to another mistake, which inevitably led to those two guys having a fight or and we don't know what happened. Mm-hmm. Dude says he was defending himself. Is it within his rights by the law to defend himself in the way that he did? Maybe so. Is it justified? Don't I don't know. think so in my opinion in my, in my singular opinion. There Getting beat up doesn't justify shooting somebody. I think we we're you know, and that's it, it's Florida law. Like I can't dictate what happens there, but like you know, we we hear a lot about like when people say, oh, you know, we see if somebody breaks into my house and threatens my kids' lives and my family's lives, I'm going to shoot them dead. And if you, I think I feel like we've talked about this on the show before, but like. What if somebody's breaking into your house to steal the jewelry? They're not really breaking into your house to steal or to to hurt you or murder you or do any of those things. But the response is murder. So if you're getting your ass kicked, do do you think that that man felt like he was being his life was being threatened? And if so, why you know, if you had a I'm curious of how you get the gun out if you're being mounted and pummeled. 
How do you get the well, gun out of your, was, yeah, you get the gun out of your waistband? But it's a complicated argument because, like, okay, so so it's not like they just got into a fight. Like, he was following him around. He's harassing him. There's a phone call that, yeah. that Martin made, you know, while he was following him around. He was, yeah. he was talking to one of his buddies saying, like, yeah, some cracker-ass fucking crackers, like, following me around, you know, watching me, blah, blah, blah. He's kind of talking shit about him. Yeah. Obviously, Zimmerman Bennett starts to approach him, ask him what he's doing. They get into a fight, altercation. This kid's 17 years old. He's 100 pounds lighter than Zimmerman is. They get into a fight. He breaks his nose. Let's say he's on the ground punching him right yeah. like do you feel like your life is in danger to the point where you need to use lethal force because your nose is broken i don't think so yeah you know this kid doesn't have a rock he didn't have a knife you know the only the only side that we hear is zimmerman's like i don't think that self-defense charge is justifiable in this yeah. instance but at the same time i don't get to make that call and it's a fear-based issue because before you go out into the street and you have a gun on your person on some level you're afraid of something like you're yeah. you're almost out looking for trouble i i posted this um there was a lot of response about what people do when they feel disrespected in the post that i did about zimmerman mm-hmm. and uh oh shit what was i gonna say sorry i forgot well i, I mean forgot if, you, if you're walking out with a gun like then there, there is yeah, some, oh, there is oh, some no, assumption okay, that you're I, gonna I find trouble yeah trouble will find trouble that's yeah, what i yeah, said to people so yeah. like Somebody was saying like the uh, two skinheads jumped him because he was with the white girl. And then one guy said like he got in a fight with a cop and the cop told him he was a cop and then stopped fighting and then the cop whooped his ass. But what I was thinking was that, you know, oftentimes if you go out looking for a fight, you find a fight. Yeah, for sure. So there's and there's always two sides to a story like and unfortunately we don't have this kid's side. So it could have just been a fight, man. And that's what's yeah. so fucking sad we is we don't have an outside like actual like full on uh, witness. Yeah, it could that be anything. Yeah. Could it happen? Anything. We d- mm-hmm. we don't know anything. All we just have is from from that is like a media portray of like Trayvon Martin being like some innocent little kid. Did Zimmerman seem a little um, like Aspergers? <laughs> a little autistic, kind of. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I mean, anybody let me ask you this. Like, I only saw him sitting there, and then he wasn't saying anything. So I, you know I can't how sometimes really... <laughs> you could read, like, you know, like if a kid was in, like, the remedial classes or, like... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah you, you can know, always like, see He's not retarded, like but he has just, like, a <laughs> learning impediment or yeah. something, you know? Not just being judgmental, but, yeah. you know, there is a little bit of that, um, like, glazed-over eye look that yeah. somebody with even, like, the like most minor forms of autism mm-hmm. or a little bit of Asperger's. Like, there's a, a little bit of a film that they see through yeah. to a certain extent. And it's it's their focus. It's the way that their mind works. It's, I'm yeah. not, again, not being I mean, judgmental. Yeah, it could be. It could be, you know, and then, uh, or, or it also could be, you know, that it's just kind of like a surreal situation where he's literally fighting for his life or just, yeah. like, watching the events of his life unfold in front of him. Florida is a very wild state, too, which I don't hear very many people talking about. I know, oh, yeah. I mean, no, dude, I'm familiar with everybody Miami. Everybody knows fucking Florida is, like, a backwards country. But, no, you know, or, but nobody's talking about it in terms of this case. States, you know what sorry. I mean? Uh-huh. You know, like, yeah. Miami, there's there's drug wars and people getting killed over crack cocaine mm-hmm. every day. Like, the mural that I painted on this one block, there was, like, six murders. Mm-hmm. And, you know, nobody fucking talks about that shit. Yeah. Especially when it's black-on-black crime. That There's, a, especially in white America, they don't give a fuck about black-on-black crime. There, there's, And, you know, I've been bringing this up, too. Like, I didn't even really give a fuck about this case because it's really so far out of my existence that it has no real effect on me i mean mm-hmm. i if i could take back time and have that kid still be alive maybe i would do that you know like yeah. but in reality i'm not losing sleep over it i'm not yeah. thinking about it and i told somebody in a week 
nobody's going to be talking about this. Yeah. Just like nobody's talking about the Boston bombings. Nobody's talking about that kid that shot up the fucking Batman movie. Mm. Nobody gives a fuck about those people that died. Nobody knows those people. So there isn't going to be the real emotional response. Yeah. But what the media implants in certain ways, and by media, I mean everybody now, because everybody is, is the media, the media yeah, now. Yeah, at this point. Well, yeah, because like once... Once the story broke out, everybody started going and like latching onto like the emotional value of the story. Because that's the only way for people to like be able to attach themselves to it. There's there is and it's and it's phony too. It's only their own experiences with uh, race issues amongst their own their own communities. And like the, what is it? The the week before, I see them cracking racist jokes on Facebook, you know, and then this happens. Like this fucking crack or like you know. This guy, and this is all racism. Like, you just said a black joke on your Facebook post yeah. like three days ago. <laughs> That's actually a really good point. Face and what, what, what point, ends yeah. up happening, and this is sort of, I guess, I was accused of being defensive, but a lot of times what happens, and I mentioned the scapegoating of the straight white male, is usually is the indicative. It's like the top of the pyramid of racist ability. Mm-hmm. But there's racism and bigotry that exists in every single culture. We, we have this tendency to sort of try to spotlight the the racist white guy for all the fucking racist white shit that has happened throughout history. Yeah. But we have a tendency to to disassociate from the other ones. So like in Asian communities, like the Japanese people hate everyone. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Right? That is totally true. Is that right? Yeah, see? <laughs> like, uh, who's like the most discriminated Asian group? The like Cambodian? Filipinos? And the Vietnamese. Or Vietnamese? The, oh, no, Filipinos, right. Filipinos. Filipinos. Yeah. Yeah. So, I get, yeah. But like, I mean, that's not something that Carl, we talked about. Carl, stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we should mention that we're a multicultural group. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's probably good to mention. We should, we should do a disclaimer on that, like, right in the beginning we we all have podcast. shaved heads, yeah. big swastikas on the side. Yeah. Oh man! Right. So, but yeah. I don't know. We come from no, yeah. We come from different parts, like different cultures. But yet, to all of us, we don't see each other as what culture is. Like yeah. us as a person. And then when these uh, these things come up in like the news, like it's just like, what the fuck's going on? Like it's backwards to what to where we're like trying to look at things it's because people don't know each other they don't interact with other well, cultures and that's what and the, the responsibility thing, yeah. of of all cultures not like yeah. white people don't need to be more accepting of black people as much it, it, it's an equal exchange like you have to meet in the middle yeah yeah exactly so and you know that that's the thing i what's so great about martial arts too like when you're on the mat and it's it's sounds so cliche to say it but it's like everybody's the same you like lose track of all those like insecurities or like predetermined like ideas about things. Like everybody's equal to a certain extent. Like that's not it's not at the forefront of your thought. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like that's and the same with this. Like so we get to sit down and have conversations, right? Yeah. Nobody nobody in cross cultural groups do that very often. Mm-hmm. Like I've had four black people on the show out of a hundred and three shows so like i'm just as guilty you know but like and it, it's funny like i it but sounds I that's, so that's cliche. hard to say too because it's like i mean it's not like you have an equal pool of friends and then you're just like randomly choosing you know yeah, it's not like yeah, you have right. like you have five black friends five asian friends five mexican friends well, five you know, what? Or, or whatever you know it's but. funny how many asian friends i have now that i live in a predominantly asian community is this oh yeah it is huh yeah mesa yeah mm-hmm. i think there's some racist jokes about that too i that probably have I, I would say 
in my 20s, I probably had maybe only a handful of, of Asian friends, the mm-hmm. people who I would call my friend. Yeah. Now it's way more than that. See, which well, is interesting. So it's like, yeah. it's uh, we're products of our environment, but we don't sure. also want to talk about that. Yeah, no, for sure. That's why, I mean, we say like, you know, racism is stupid, but that's because we also live in California. Like my mm-hmm. high school, white people were a minority, you know? Yeah. So like, yeah. of course, I'm like, um, oh yeah, multicultural is awesome. Yeah, of course. But it still exists. Like I heard my little brother call uh, an Arab a towel head. I was like, come on, kid. Let me grab you by the face real quick. Don't you realize we're on a classmate? <clears throat> but you know what's really right interesting now? is I grew up in El Cajon, which is predominantly white. Mm. Some some Mexican communities. Um, but now it's a very large um, Arab community. A lot of um, Chaldeans from Iraq have mm. immigrated to the area. And, you know, they have stores that, are, that uh, cater to the types of foods that they eat and you know, other stores that have signage. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the white people who are already sort of predetermined, I guess, e- the East County part of San Diego has some of the uh, classifications of being a racist area. But it's even a little bit more so, I think, just because of the nature of one predominant group feeling like they're getting pushed out by another group. Yeah, It feels like there's a power shift. And that's what it comes down to. And this is the interesting thing, is when we talk about equality in a power structure there is no equality it's all about it's a pyramidal structure you know there's somebody at the top and it works its way down no matter who that person is at the top it just so happens to be like rich straight white male has been up at the top of the pyramid for a long time at least societal ideas yeah you know if that switches you know i use the the henry ford quote that i'll fuck up that um (laughs) There, no, it's actually not the Henry Ford. Now, see, I'm going to totally fuck it up now. But there's the idea that uh, is it? No, it's a it's an old English white guy, uh, Lord Acker. Churchill. Lord Acker. Lord Acker. <laughs> is that um, the absolute power corrupts absolutely? You know, it's a longer uh, yeah, it's yeah. a longer thing. So yeah. Oh, yeah. whoever finds themselves at that top tier is still going to be that power structure leader who exerts dominance over everybody. Like on some level, we have to have pure personal freedom. And I don't know, I have no idea what that looks like, but to to dictate laws and how things are supposed to be, like you take away real freedom, and whoever is deciding those laws, that power, it corrupts people. And it we've seen it throughout history. So it's like, you can't... This idea of searching for equality seems almost irrelevant to me like well because i think equality also goes hand in hand with like homeostasis and neither of which are you know the natural order of things like you said like all things corrupt because of stagnation if nothing else you know the henry ford quote was about the idea that uh that by telling somebody that they can't do something you know Mm -hmm. the henry ford quote is uh you can think that you could do something or that you can't and either way you're right you know something to that effect Uh so I feel like the way that we're telling, you know, that the media, in air quotes, is telling a group of people that they're oppressed and they're being held down by this other group, it almost instinctively keeps them there because they're being re- told that repetitive thing over and over again, that they're worthless, that they that they can't succeed, that they're being held back by this, like, mysterious puppeteer white guy behind the fucking curtain. Mm-hmm. Like... That, to me, and I feel like people, I feel like feminism does that too by telling women that they're inferior constantly, but in a, in a way that makes them, they think that they're being empowered, but on some psychological level, they're being told that they're inferior 
over and over and over again mm-hmm. as opposed to being held up like really you're 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 not and, and that's the thing is they don't there's a lack of equality in that they, they they would rather be the one above the line there isn't a, a level of equality so like i feel like the more that we keep telling people that they're being oppressed and that they're being held back by these things the more likely they are to stay there and of course that doesn't mean that you shouldn't talk about it yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's 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 complicated because it's kind of a paradox. Like on one hand, you know, if there is a problem and if there is inequality, then then you know you typically have to just like start talking about these things and bring it to light, and that's kind of the only way that these things can get fixed. But on the other right. hand, of that you know, like you said, like the more you talk about it and the more you say like, oh well, you know, what you're going through right now is understandable because you're being oppressed by all these people and you don't know it any better, and then you're you're not being educated, so that's why you can't find a job. Like, oh, that's absolutely right. That's why I can't find a job, and it becomes almost like a self fulfilling mm-hmm. process or uh, a self fulfilling process. Yeah. you know in the same way that maybe like the reverse happens with asians like oh asians are smart asians like oh you want to help me with my math homework yeah, oh you guys are all going to be doctors yeah. you're like yeah you're right we're I all going to be doctors we're all very smart we all feel we smart yeah um you know, i think it's the way they they deliver it though if if they take the same delivering of like a positive t- way like what you gave your last example to the people who are being re- oppressed like yes you're oppressed but Instead of driving in like you're repre- you're oppressed, you have to do. We need to work make, harder, yeah. in order well, to. <laughs> well, yeah, work harder, but yeah. don't don't uh, start hammering that you're you're oppressed. You got to make an example. Like it's not like that. It's like, yeah. well, you know, I, I don't know how to even go go that way because I don't even know if that uh, approach exists right now. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, it, it's always everything I hear is it's like some backing or something like you know like even like in uh what was it nineties L A. Uh, movies that are based in like you know Watts and stuff like that. Everything mm-hmm. is always like, be in education, get out of here, and you know because we're being oppressed, you're gonna yeah. be the one out. It's always yeah. like that. So it's I don't, I think there's gonna be another way to approach it, but I don't know what it is. Yeah, I can't. That's put a my good example. Like the the idea that it's so difficult for somebody to leave an impoverished area. I don't, and it's tough too, man. Because like I mean, like we're, we're like even like the, I mean, just just thinking back and like the references that I'm making, like like where where are these talking points coming from? They're coming from either news, books, or movies that I've watched, and yeah. like those are all horrible references, you know. It's, so I, it's, I hate Tim I Wise. Know. I think Tim Wise hates black people and is actually working to keep them oppressed and and who's Tim Wise? He's the guy that's like the forefront of the white privilege theory movement that okay. everybody cites and you'll. Or look him up. Yeah. Watch some of I've watched a number of his speeches and mm-hmm. he's just like, he's a self-hating white hate monger who's actually, you know, you know, more like I always make that. the example of um, the gay senators. Are we, has that been going the whole yeah, time? Yeah, it's been going. Fuck. Sorry. It's all good. Loud. The gay senators who try to make bills against oh, yeah, yeah, homosexuality yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and end up fucking little boys or, <laughs> or you know teen boys in the fucking bathroom at the we, are, we, we that are the most oppressed people are uh, typically the worst. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's like every time you oppress it, even... Um was it Daniele Bolilli said that on the podcast I did with them. He's like, mm-hmm. once, you, once you establish guidelines and put taboo on it, then you're gonna see all the people flocking towards it because there's some sort of excitement, you know. You you're curious about it, so you take out the curiosity, and then you take out that whole. You know, that's sort of what I was talking about, like changing the reaction, the response. The well, basically, what you're talking about earlier, uh, I wanted to interject, but I didn't want to like ruin your flow. Is that 
whenever something like that, like racial comment, racial slur or something, you get an altercation, there's that split second in your head. There's like where you can decide you go two ways. There's always a two, two force, one stronger than the other. The but other you can make dis- a meme. You can distinguish that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure. You can, everyone can distinguish it. It's just, there's one that's overpowering and they can't really control or uh, defer the two. And I feel like some people mm-hmm. have a disconnect there where they don't actually have the ability well, to make that choice. Some yeah, that's true. Just it's just like a reaction. Pure like, reaction. Like a light no switch. thinking. And that's the consciousness that we need to... That sounds fucking silly saying. <laughs> but like that we really... We have to be more mindful of what the fuck we're doing. Like we act before, way before we think a lot. And you see it like the way sh- people post shit on social yeah, media. Yeah, I did that a couple of times. I even told you about that I last do it time. all the fucking time. It feels so stupid, like, especially when you leave it and then go back and look at it, oh. like, weeks later, and you're like, I'm such a douchebag. No, I had, a, I had an instant one, because I remember I told you about the one girl on Instagram. She posted up, she, well, she's, like, single. She's yeah, pregnant. Yeah. And uh, she was posting up, like, oh, I guess he liked them Barbie types. Too bad I'm a wifey type. And I was like, oh, fuck her. And I was like, I'm going to fucking destroy her. So I posted. Lex got all mad. Dude, I was, yeah. I was, and I went, it's like, uh, I'm pretty sure being single and pregnant isn't wifey type. Hashtag just saying. <laughs> and then. That's a little, that's, that's a little rough. That's, that, yeah, that was rough. And so I thought I was, I was waiting well, for the what? shit storm to come to, uh, to say like, how the fuck can you say that? But then everybody got on the bandwagon and was like, yeah, fuck that girl. What do you think? You're all high and mighty. And so like. It it just completely went the opposite direction because it went it out like, of your control. Yeah, it went. I thought I was going to receive a shitstorm saying that I'm a piece of shit. I'm a hypocrite. But then it was <laughs> like, like getting ready. Yeah, because right. I was going to I was going to friend me. Go on a fucking rant and shit. But this girl like deleted her Facebook and her Instagram and. You might be a troll, son. Did yeah. you just troll somebody? He just trolled, somebody. dude. I troll people all yeah. the fucking time, I th- dude. Hey, uh, you have to put a dollar in the t- in the jar for saying um, hashtag. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Is it that specific or is it saying hashtag? No, hashtag is fine. You just can't have the just well, saying. Well, I did, it, I did it as a joke to her because she said hashtag next boy. So it was like a running gimmick. Hashtag I still just think you saying. owe a dollar. All right, whatever. I'll put a dollar <laughs> in the douchebag Hashtag bar. just saying. I was trying to explain to somebody. I forget who it was. I think they were about the same age as us. They were like, can, like, they were like what the fuck is all this pound bullshit? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I'm pretty That's sure it's a hashtag. Like, Dude, it's not a hashtag. It's a pound. What the fuck is a hashtag? That's and I was like, it's actually a hashtag, bro. He's like, uh, can you explain it to me? So I like, like very like, uh, I don't know, coyly ex- explained it to him. And he's like, that doesn't make any sense. I was like, yeah. now that I say it out loud, you're absolutely right. <laughs> Facebook just got in on the hashtag game. Oh, yeah. Does, do you now like, can you click on the hashtag? And it's yeah. Like, oh, yeah. You used to not be like that. Remember, it used to show up just as like lettering. It wouldn't do the hashtag. Yeah. I'm w- I'm wondering when Facebook is gonna do the video posting because their video uploading sucks nuts. Yeah, like, yeah. they're gonna try to take over the Instagram game. Yeah, I mean, you would think that they'd be able to. Just like, oh, that's a great idea. Why don't we steal it and make it better? You know. Yeah, I'm really surprised that they haven't yet. I mean, they could. They have all the resources for it. Yeah, because what 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 is the the bad part about it? Is just, I mean, they they kind of need like a mobile sync so you can just record and it also automatically uploads. Well, or? it does. Like if you record a video on your phone, if it's longer than a certain, like if the megabytes are a certain, if it's too big, yeah. it'll, it won't upload it. Oh. At least to my phone. I can't, they got to do the whole thing. Son of a bitch, I can't even do the fucking Instagram video through my phone, and my phone's only a year old. Mm. Bullshit. What is this? 
not enough me- memory or we'll, no, we'll... no no it's i i can't it's the operating system i can't what? there's no new operating system for my phone that's weird yeah it's bullshit the what is it um the whole thing that facebook has to do they have to reprogram the app on your on the phone to lower or like uh compress the video yeah because that's what mm. instagram is doing that's what vine did tweet video yeah. and that's why they're just the 15 yeah seconds. 15 but seconds instagram seven. is nice quality and it's longer yeah but I, don't know what they're up to. I, I made like a what is it a couple videos i had like a guitar battle on instagram with my friend nice and so but that was pretty much it a guitar battle yeah talk about that it was uh well basically he got on like you like know battle of the bands no 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 just like uh 15 second licks and uh what are you looking hey hey my guitar neck. <laughs> no, but uh, okay. So, dude, there's a, a um, an avatar on the Rogan board of a girl fucking the one end of the guitar, the bottom side where you know the little hook at the top of the of an electric guitar. Uh huh. You know how there's like the two horns oh, yeah, up at the, the top. She's fucking one of the ends of the. Oh, what? Where the fuck? And you... it's on repeat. It's a GIF, so it's on repeat. It's always like, and the dude who has it always posts, so it's always showing up. Oh my god. No, but anyways, it was, uh, he started, (laughs) (laughs) did that slow your flow? Great interjection, yeah, it slowed it, it slowed it well, but, uh, no, it was, he posted up a video of him playing guitar, and he was just, like, fiddling, messing around, so I started the, the, the challenge, right, I was, like, a direct challenge to so-and-so, here it is, and I did some, what is it, one-handed arpeggios, and he, look at it's fancy with the, he, he responded back, I was gonna say, Latin? Is that Latin? No, anyway, I think it is Latin. I think it is Latin. But um, and then Got he it. responded with the what is it? Two handed arpeggios, and then I did a full. Can we on, explain what that is? Yeah, arpeggios is a is a broken up chord like on a certain scale. Like say you play a, a series of notes on the string. So um, basically, if you play a G chord, and it takes and you play it with one, so you bar the first two notes with your first finger and then you play the other two like the accent notes all at the same time well you break them up and then you play them in a cyclic pattern so it sounds like a yeah, that makes no sense in my brain i know when <laughs> you say g chord do you think of gangster no no, like no gangster gangster at the top of the list no no yeah, i did the, when you say g chord shame. it's like og no because then like when we talk about like oh like you should call I'll, be playing, chord. I'll be playing something in diminished or something like that they're like what the fuck yeah, that's what i hate like i don't have that many musical f- uh, music empowered or not empowered? What do you empowered. say? Music. Uh, <laughs> We're taking over the word? world. What's that word? Fucking fluent friends that yeah, know about. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, so whenever I throw something out, they're just like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Yeah, it goes right over the head. Yeah. yeah. So this I basically have to what go, like normal people think. When, I like, like it, you know, talking about Muay Thai shit. I like to pretend that I know what you're talking about, and then and see so, if I can respond to. It. Like basically, <laughs> the whole thing is that I have to like go into like a kindergarten like. Uh, oh, so we're stupid? Stuff. No, no, we actually like, are. I, I have no idea. <laughs> like, if you Christ, if you could hit up preschool, actually, like I'd appreciate it. No, Kindergarten's like, a little too advanced. If for it's me. a G chord, it sounds happy. If it's a minor chord, it sounds kind of sad. Is that true? Yeah. Oh wow, that's actually that's very. And helpful. then if it sounds creepy, it's diminished. Mm. So the creep level. Yeah, like Lex is always like, trying to diminish me. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that term before. Yeah, and then there's like augmented, where it sounds like chaos, where it doesn't connect. Yeah. Um. There's Phrygian. That's kind of another scary thing. Lydian is another happy. So what are th- all these terms? They're so like Gaelic. They're so like Gaelic. You know, like Celtic. Diminished. Uh, I think they come from 
or maybe uh, like I British. think they have the Latin powerful Gaelic. No, I think they're European. The the, m- mixed with the sort of Latin pronunciation. Yeah. I think it comes from that. Such a strange language. Well, basically, I think what the people who had power over like reading was a church, right? And the people who were able to read and were able to read music wrote the terms on how to write music in Latin. So it makes sense if it uh, was Latin. Yeah, so I think right. that that's that's what it was. Yeah. That actually makes a lot Dropping of sense. Dropping knowledge on you bitches. Dropping knowledge, bitches. <laughs> but you probably won't use that in the rest of your life. No, so. no. Nope. Acapellio. It's already gone. Was the word? <laughs> yeah, it's already gone. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, with all that racist talk, yep. you know, this division, I was thinking today, would would it be a good idea to start a non-racist, um, straight white male pride <laughs> group that, that teaches straight white males not to feel an overwhelming sense of guilt for all the past history of a particular group? group of cultures like post-traumatic stress but like for yeah for a people. Would, is it possible <laughs> and you know and not only that maybe to even teach people how to respect people better like i value your culture you but it would be for straight white males yeah yeah i mean anybody could witness but it would have to be like the focus on those dudes oh okay is that too self-centered no i don't think Does so that take away from the knowledge that there is an issue amongst different races and cultures no i, I, I think feel like i feel like that is a little backwards but i think it, it's also like i think i think, I think that's just like it's it's very like uh um god satirical i guess in some way because you're yeah, basically, you're, you're basically you're mostly just, a joke well but. no no yeah but you're basically just like pointing out like it's ridiculous how you can have like a brown pride group how you can have like a uh you know like a black yeah, pride I, group, you know, black I, entertainment i feel like pride is is pretty silly in general but you know i, I mostly want to I feel like there's a large group of of young to middle aged white men, middle aged white men, yeah, who um, you know up to who really have a strong and a lot of Catholics. I think I think a lot of it comes from young Catholic upbringing. Mm-hmm. But they uh, and, and not only that, but I feel like a lot of these dudes hate their fathers too. And so, in hating your father, you sort of come up with this idea of hating yourself, and within hating yourself. An easy scapegoat would be to hate the race that you're a part of. There's a lot of self-loathing mm-hmm. in in these groups, and I, I just want to hug everybody and say it's okay. <laughs> like you don't have to feel guilty for being a straight white guy. It's okay. It's you know you could still be a great person and not you know you can affect the world in a great way and not have to like shit on an entire group of people because there's a very small group of people in every single culture particularly in white culture that manipulates and dominates and and it does things for their own benefit mm-hmm. that make the rest of the people in whatever said culture look bad and by just blanketly throwing them all under the bus is is not beneficial to anybody especially the whoever the oppressed culture is it doesn't benefit them either it just creates more hatred and more separatism in my in my experience in my opinion you know mm. yeah 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 so I, I just mean, want to hug the all the white guys <laughs> tell them everything's going to be okay I say don't worry you man. can still it's be a contributing fault, member don't worry. it's not your fault you didn't do this and we can't we really can't all get along if we want to or yeah. either that or we can't right it seems uh, by experience, I've seen that we can, but maybe on a large social whole, like entirety, mm-hmm. maybe we can't get along. Maybe it's in, maybe it's 
ingrained in us to be at war with each other for a reason. Maybe it's all, maybe at war with somebody, right? Yeah, maybe it's all meant to be on some fucking weird level. But that it indicates that there's some sort of predestined plan, which I don't buy at all. But <laughs> you know, but maybe uh, you know, it seems like things happen uh, in the system of nature that are sort of predestined to a certain extent based on history. You know, we could all get go extinct and then shit could change maybe. Yeah, I feel like at the end of the day everybody always needs a scapegoat. So, I mean, either yeah. we can like just plow in North Korea is causing all of our problems or otherwise we're kind of just waiting for aliens to you come know, down. That's and funny. And then we can all unite against against some greater force. Huh? Are we still talking about North Korea? I'm talking about North Korea. No, but I say it on the news. Oh, I don't know. No. All I know is I, posted, I hate North Korea. I posted once <laughs> once when I told the people that uh, uh when I posted about dude being Hispanic Somebody told me that Hispanic was white, and then I said that we're all black, and then he responded with star African, and I was like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> we're all a bunch of atoms all stuck together to recreate the same asshole over and over again. Yeah. That's it. That's it. We're all just these little fucking balls of energy. We just happen to fucking look different because we have different places of... Oh, birth. man, that's fucking hilarious. Stupid, We're just remaking the same asshole but you know what? over and over again. Yes, it, uh, that's all it is. I love it's it. the same atoms just bonding together I to recreate it. the same just fucking recreating the same cancer that will eventually yeah, be the destruction of the Earth. Same fucking thing. We're all but the with, same with, overall victor. With all this talk, nobody's talking about the Bradley Manning no. trial at all. Yeah. Except for the people who are saying that nobody's talking about it. Is there it. an actual trial? Yeah, yeah. His defense just rested, and now prosecution... Getting ready to start, but wow, nobody's talking about it. Somebody posted a photo, and I don't know how accurate it is. It yeah. was like a Google photo of NSA's like jail prison yeah. where they have their court trials and their military tribunals, and it's like wall, wall, interior wall, defense wall, guards, 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 barbed wire, barbed wire, little office in the middle, or whatever. Oh, you know? like, fucking god damn it! Jesus, so Jesus. that dude was. Kept in confinement for solitary confinement. One thousand one hundred and one days. What nights? What lights on? Solitary confinement. With the lights on and music blaring the whole yeah. time. That's that's three years by yourself without a court trial. Dude's fried. Without a court trial. Yeah. Which to an basically American, to says, an American citizen. Yeah, that says that there that there you have you don't have the rights that you at one point had. The right to a speedy and fair trial. What a terrible no marketing campaign for the U.S. Army, by the way. Horrible, and that's for telling the truth. Yeah, for for dropping that's, some videos that's on for telling some helicopter blowing up, yeah. friggin' yeah, like shooting civilians. Have you seen that video, by the way? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty. Yeah. Right when it came out, yeah, I saw it. it was brutal. And I already kind of knew that you know people. I knew the brutality of war. Mm-hmm. We've been talking about it for a long time, man. It's fucking. People would have it, and it's again, it's that disassociation from a real emotional connection to whatever is happening in that environment. Yeah, so far away that we don't give a fuck about any of those boys or women, men or boys. Basically, a lot of them are still boys. Yeah, young women and women that are getting killed. Nobody gives a fuck unless it's part of your family, one of your friends, or like a close associate. Like it has to really be close within your circle for anybody to give a fuck, mm-hmm. and nobody will think about it tomorrow. It's crazy. Yeah. But then what is it about one that's what that's what gets everybody all conspiratorial? Like what is it about one case that becomes so fucking hot button like the the issue to talk about? What is it? Mm-hmm. Like 
Is it predetermined? Is it manifested through a marketing so firm? Are through- you are, are are we upset because Bradley Manning dropped a video of something that legitimately right. happened? Are we upset no, because he's being he's being tortured? Are we upset because uh, the the way the government's treating him? Like what for you? Well, he's being, for you guys in particular. One, he's being tried for espionage. So yep. he's being he's being accused of leaking um, information as a way to aid and abed. Uh, Islamic fundamentalists, mm-hmm. I, Al-Qaeda, mm-hmm. whoever those dudes are mm-hmm. in particular. So they say that because it got posted to WikiLeaks, which in which sets a precedent for um, journalism yeah. in America, that if if he would have given that information to the New York Times and they published it, it they would have went after the New York Times too. No, no, no. It's still They still would have went after him. So what I'm mad about is that the government is making an issue of protecting information because they don't want the general public at large to know the inner workings of what's happening. I mean, even though the government is supposed to be just an extension of the people in and of themselves. So, like, for us to see that video is is not doesn't help in a in a a, a bait is a bait the word. It doesn't, it doesn't help uh, Islamic fundamentalists who are at war with the United States, whatever the fuck that even means. That wasn't the intention. Like I, I think construing it as, or construing it as if he's like basically giving secrets out to terrorists is ridiculous. I mean, if you want to say that like he's posting secretive documents from the military and that is making America look bad and that in some way is a bad thing. I get that. You know, the reality is, though, is that it wasn't all that type of stuff. All the information that was leaked out there besides the the video. Mm -hmm. I mean, really, the video is the main thing. Yeah. Like, it showed how brutal these things are. And so, you know, the powers that be that benefit from these things don't want the general public at large to know. And they're making a precedent by showing... Uh, they're, they're, this is like a mafia move. So, like, you do something against the fucking mafia, they go and they whoop your ass, they make an example out of you so that, you, that nobody else sees or that nobody else decides to try to do the same thing. But we're at a tipping point where there's enough journalists who are willing to take risks and enough people sort of getting inside of the system mm-hmm. who have come to the realization that a lot of this shit is bullshit. And they're deciding to to make a change, at least from my perspective. I, I mean, I wasn't there. I don't know what all the motives were. Yeah, I don't know what's all happening. I mean, but. I I I I don't know. I mean, I, I I think Bradley should be charged for something. He posted things while he was in the military um, on um, on a website that is is going to go out to everybody. You know, like you you can't. There's some things I think in the military that you just can't post on on a random website. You know, especially a website that goes out to the entire world. Yeah. But I do not think that he should be charged for espionage. I don't think he was trying to help terrorists. I don't think that he should be locked in a hole for three years with yeah. blaring music. I think he should have a speedy trial. Yeah. And then if he is convicted of something, he should be convicted. But I don't think it should be that. Also sets another interesting precedent to see what they would be willing to do to Just an american citizen yeah what what might they be willing to do to other people i wonder how snowden fits under that because i mean technically he's going to get charged under the same thing um you know he's a military contractor even though he's not in the military yeah um so i kind of wonder Did they is he still moving around he's still in the airport as far as i know Shit. he's been in there for a while now Fuck. that's fucking crazy yeah. and it's all about information at some point we're going to hit 
hit the tipping point where all the information is available to everyone, I think. Or it's going to go the opposite way and then, you know, more things yeah. are going to be encrypted, which is kind of, in my opinion, I think the direction that it's probably going to be going there now. There seems to be I mean, an, a business forming around, an industry forming around mm-hmm. that idea mm-hmm. of encrypting your your privacy, like yeah. getting it even more private to avoid... Yeah. Or there was another good Vice article. They were um, they had somebody on the interview for their, their podcast, and he was talking about how like the age of free email and free Facebook is going to be dying out soon. Or he's hypothesizing oh, really? because right now, you know, all these, you know, the emails that we have is based on like you know they don't make any money off of it, so it's they basically are making money off of advertising for it. So it's like if we're giving them nothing, they have to make money somewhere. And then so obviously like they're collecting all this information so they can feed it to the advertisers versus if we were just paying them and they wouldn't yeah. need the advertisers and then we they'd be working for us. But right now yeah. they're working for the advertisers. <laughs> and so a, since they're collecting all the information, of course they're going to give it out to the government because they have the information anyways. There was a HBO show called The Newsroom mm-hmm. and they oh, did yeah. an episode that showed like almost exactly like what's happening now, like <laughs> with what Snowden like released information wise oh, yeah. that they had like an episode of a whistleblower uh-huh. working for the NSA uh-huh. who basically laid out the, all the same shit a year before all this shit happened. Wow. Yeah. I'll find the link and I'll post yeah. it up on the, uh, on one of the, the Facebooks or mm-hmm. something. I saw, we only saw, or I've seen like the first episode or maybe the first two episodes. And I was like, this show is fucking awesome. I love it. Blah, blah, blah. It's great. And then my brother watched like, like the first season. He was like, this is trash. Like the first couple of episodes are pretty good. Do you, yeah. do you like it? Well, I only seen that one clip. Okay. I haven't seen the actual show. Okay. Yeah. No nah, show. It's weird. I don't know. I've only seen yeah. 30 seconds. Time. Good. I think we're good, man. We got like an hour and 16. All right, it's always yeah. fun. Yeah. Come and do this shit, man. But you got anything to plug? Um, uh, go to mikemaxwart.com go on my shop and buy some shit <laughs> yeah it makes me feel good get that get those sick ass live free uh, never die tank tops that's what I'm talking I about I got mine I'm about tank to get uh, sexy I should have some new shit up there pretty soon too yeah so other than that follow me on twitter at mikemaxwart and follow the podcast at live free podcast and send us some Nutella he just discovered Nutella yesterday oh yeah we yeah. didn't talk about send, send Mike box, Nutella. It, boxes of Nutella Hashtag. If anybody works for Nutella, get this guy a sponsorship. Dollar. Yeah. Hashtag. No, you, you're allowed hashtag to say hashtag. just saying. <laughs> just can't just saying it. Oh, that's right. hilarious. Well, at least we ended it on a good note. Nutella. Yeah. <laughs> Nutella later. Yeah. Thanks, guys. So for much sweeter. <laughs> from the slums of Shaolin, Wu Tang Clan strikes again. The Rizza, the Jizza, old dirty bastard, inspector deck, Raekwon the chef, you guard, ghost face killer, and the master. M E T H O D, man. M E T H O D, man. M E T H O D, man. Get off my cloud You don't know me and you don't know my staff Who be getting brown when they come to a jam Here I am, here I am The method man, patty cake, patty cake Hey, the method man Don't need skip, beat, jip, or beat the pan Peanut butter, cause I'm not butter In fact, I snap back like a rubber band I be Sam, Sam I am And I don't eat green eggs and ham Now the hit ya, when they got air You'll be like, oh shit, that's the jam Turn it up, now hear me get Coming like bro.
coast to coast it. Rub it on your skin like lotion. What's the commotion? Oh my lord, another corn chop by the Wu Tang sword. Get lifted. 